decaf. I have got my fully caffed coffee in the mug that Mark hates of the you go girl messages all over it. And you know what? I'm just going to keep drinking out of this mug every time we do decaf just to make Mark angry because that's that's what I do. Don't care that much. Really, <laughs> really have no interest in, in talking about it. trying to like set you off on certain things and then you're like, I actually don't care. You just Yeah, have- those are things like I'm like, oh, I think it's dumb, but like does not matter enough to me to say anything else. So sorry that I can't, sorry, I'm not more angry. I'll try next week. It's really upsetting. <laughs> I'm going to try, I got to, I got to piss you off on something else completely. Um, Mark did get angry this week though at a recent announcement from the governor of Tennessee, who we love. Let me just say that I really do appreciate Governor Lee, he, I went to a concert the other night, the Alabama concert at Bridgestone. He came out with the proclamation. Oh, was he there? Yeah. Well, he came out on stage as a surprise and I didn't know this, but his family works in cattle. Randy Owen, the lead singer, his family works in cattle. They've known each other. And he came out and just said like, it's so great to be able to do this as the governor and not just as Randy Owen's friend to issue a proclamation of Alabama and Tennessee day. And you could tell it was very moving for them on the first night of their 50th anniversary tour. Um, so I really, I love the guy. I really do. But he, this idea that his administration has just had of this Tennessee on me, where they're giving how much money to people for traveling? 250, $250 of an airline credit to people who book two nights or more in Knoxville, Chattanooga, um, Nashville, or Memphis. That is just not good policy. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Like, I would maybe take advantage of it, but it's just bad policy. Like, why, why do we think this is necessary? Why? Yeah, I think it's bad in two ways. I mean, and first of all, like we made the point that I think through the pandemic, Governor Lee has actually done a, a really good job compared to people around the rest of the country. He's kind of balanced lives and livelihoods and done a good job on this. And I think this is kind of one of those, you know, post-COVID, let's get people back here. Uh, but it doesn't make it just because it's like well-intentioned doesn't make it any like less offensive. Um, I like that. Just because it's well-intentioned doesn't make it any less offensive. I like that. It's it's problematic in two ways. The first way is that the government clearly shouldn't be doing this in the first place. I mean, the idea that the government is giving travelers money, like taxpayers money to come in and visit us, it just, it's not the role of government. And I, I will push back. A lot of the people on the left say, oh, well, why are you taking away, you know, the federal subsidies while, while giving money to the tourists here, the federal subsidies for unemployment. And it's like, well, both are bad because th- this unemployment thing was clearly for COVID. That's bad. And just because you're like, you can be against both of them. And we are. So I think the left is trying to take advantage of it in like this weird way, talking about federal money that we declined because we need to get people back to work. And it's it's clearly worked with our unemployment rate going way down. Um, but the fact is like the government should not be giving money to tourists to travel. I think, the que- I think it's a question whether the tourism department even um, what they do in the first place, and that they should be their own department. But this is really, really kind of offensive to say, oh, we're going to give money directly to tourists to travel here. A lot of which are probably A, already traveling here, um, or B, might be business people, because it's, it's got to have a Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday part of being uh, of this promotion. So that's bad. The second part is outside of what you think, like the government should not do it, but they shouldn't do corporate welfare either. But there's no actual this is a very, very poorly thought out plan. How, like who thought of this idea? Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come to hotel nights at Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and we'll just give you cash to, to pay for your flight. Like it's, it's not even a good idea. It's not going to bring in tourism. Um, most of the people coming probably are, we're going to A, come anyway, or B, might be rebooking flights or hotels they already have. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's a taxpayer handout 
to Nashville because yeah. you can go to four cities. I bet 90% of the tourism dollars in the state go to Nashville. So you're just giving more money to Nashville. And secondly, why is it even those four cities? Why isn't Gatlinburg included? Why isn't Cookville? Why isn't Clarksville? I mean, it should at least be anywhere in the state, Johnson City. Why are these places not included? It's a really, it's kind of like corporate welfare times like 10 and it's corporate welfare just given directly to tourists. It's a, um, it's a nonsensical plan and it's, the government shouldn't be doing it. And even if they should be doing it, it's a bad plan. I wasn't as, I wasn't that mad about it. Honestly, I thought it was dumb, but I wasn't mad. And now hearing you talk about it, I'm like, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of heated up about this. Like this. How could you not be mad? Like when you, when you think it through, it's like, yeah, I guess $2.5 million overall isn't a ton in our budget, but just thinking about what it is like, how, how do you justify a, the government being able to do it? And then B outside of that, it being a good idea. Cause I don't think anybody could justify either of those things to me. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I just wasn't really thinking about it. Like, I was just like, oh, this is just like stupid. Like, you know, the worst part is I didn't see it. Like I saw it on my travel sites. Like, I'm like, oh man, look at the, look at this unbelievable deal to go to Tennessee. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, oh, it's the government doing it. Oh, (laughs) if it's such an unbelievable deal for tourists, that means it's a terrible deal for taxpayers. So it just, I saw it on two different of my travel websites before I saw it anywhere else. I'm like, this is so stupid. This is, it's just, sometimes you hear things and you just can't understand it. And this has got to be, in my opinion, a nominee for Pork of the Year because I think it's it's absurd. Oh, yeah. I forgot we get to put it in our Pork Report. Oh, It's got to be a nominee for Pork of the Year. And, I, and honestly, it's been slammed across the spectrum, you know? Yes. Uh, the, the Republicans in, in the state Senate are slamming it. Democrats everywhere are slamming it because they probably slam everything that, that Governor Lee does. But I don't think there's many people who like it. I'm not sure who... Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if he likes it. He just put his name on. It doesn't mean that he likes that. Yeah, I don't understand it. it. It makes no sense. And I would love for the like kind of the governor's office to give an explanation of why this is actually good policy or this tourism department, whatever. Like, try to explain how they came up with this and why this is a good idea. Yeah. So let's talk about why it's even necessary because we we're talking about the Fourth of July. I was kind of downtown. I was in the Gulch on the rooftop with LA Jackson to watch the fireworks. And we didn't- How much How much did that set you back? That had to be expensive for 4th of no July. No cover charge. No way. Was it just packed? No. There, it was not packed. No cover charge. And they had drink specials. So I had like two $10 cocktails and a $10 hot dog. Like I spent $30 the whole night. I'm sorry, $10 for a cocktail and a hot dog or $10 for a hot dog? No, it's just $10 for a hot dog. That's a terrible deal. Like you got know, ripped I was off. really hungry. And hot I really, dogs are like 75 cents. <laughs> I know, I know. But it was like loaded. It was like Chicago style, like a loaded hot dog. Okay, $1.50 then. I know, I agree, but I did it because I was hungry. But okay. just, just thinking of like the 4th of July downtown, you'd expect to spend more than $30. I'm just saying I spent $30. You spent more than $30 in parking. I know, we, we barely paid in parking. It was like $10 to park. And so we, we got out of there for nothing. And then we were in the Gulch. So we got straight on the interstate, went home, didn't have to deal with the two hours of downtown traffic. But that just brings me to my point that there were 400,000 tourists in downtown Nashville for the 4th of July. Mom and I went to the concert, the Alabama concert at Bridgestone the night before the 4th. It was, Broadway was slammed. It was absolutely buck wild, crazy, insane. It was, so it begs the, the question of like, do we really need to be giving away money? Things are opened up. People are traveling to Nashville. Clearly, if anything, they should be promoting tourism like to the campsites outside Cookville and like Fall Creek Falls or something like that, especially if we're still so concerned about COVID and the Delta variant or whatever. Why are we doing this? Come on, people. 
I know that's right. Like if, if you're going to do this and you're going to pick four cities, I feel like the thing would be don't pick Nashville. That's the, like they, we are doing great. There's people here. That it, it looks right. like, it looks like pre COVID, but like times too. I mean, it's been insane all downtown. Like we clearly don't need to go to fifth and Broadway on any Saturday. It's like, there's thousands and thousands of people there. Like this is, um, yeah, that, I mean, it's even dumber when you think Nashville's included. But on the positive thing, it's cool that that many people are downtown. I'm glad I wasn't downtown. And I would have assumed the goals would be better, but it's cool that that many people came. And I'm sure that all the you know local businesses are really benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe just stop using our tax dollars to and bring you, more people that are the same people downtown. Probably the same people want to come anyway. I love that one of the themes of our show is like roasting idiots. And so I have an idiot to roast today. So 400,000 people in downtown Nashville. It, Nashville had the biggest fireworks show in the country because we were the most open the city with the biggest fireworks show. And it was sure. held up for like 30 minutes because these people went into an area that had to be cleared a no trespassing area to the top of the bridge building. Apparently there were just like some shirtless dudes who had climbed up to the top of the bridge building to get a good view of the fireworks, even though all those buildings had to be cleared because of the explosions that were going to be happening delayed it by 30 minutes. I was like following the Nashville police scanner on Twitter and they were, they like went and arrested these people. And so idiots of the month for me are the people that delayed the fireworks show by 30 minutes because they wanted to get a good view and ended up getting arrested. There's just some people that, I mean, <laughs> if you believe in Darwinism, it's like, I like, I don't understand how, how they've made it like this far, like just so dumb. I don't, and honestly, if you, if you ever read like scoop Nashville and just read some of the stuff that, that people do, it's like, Man, there's some real like we like to think that people are smart, but there's a lot of people who are not smart. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 wins my uh, idiot of the month for for Nashville. Just some the thing is that would literally be Trump every single day. You go and scoop Nashville's website because somebody does something dumb in that almost every single day. I know, I know. It just inconvenienced me because I was tired and I was ready to go home. It was past yeah. my was past my bedtime. I was ready to, to go home and then we had a 30 minute delay. That was the worst. Yeah, um, was speaking of speaking of cities thriving, hopefully New York City is about to thrive because bye bye de Blasio. Am I right or am I right? Mark, what <laughs> happened in the election? Gosh, he's the worst. I, I, I mean, I call a lot of people the worst. Bill de Blasio is actually the worst. He, like he wins. We should we should be more careful and just like give him the title of the worst. Yeah. I, I mean, the people in New York City, I think his like approval rate is like 9%. I remember when he ran for president, like they asked how many New Yorkers went and run for president. Like usually your home city and home states, like it was like 3% thought he's run for president. Like he I mean, is just- I have, very, I have a very polarizing personality and I think more than 9% of people who know me would like me. And that's, that's saying something. Yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, I, I know, no, it is, it is insane that he has such a low approval rate and he just left. But you no, know, the New York election was really interesting. So Eric Adams ended up winning. They have ranked choice voting there. And kind of the winner is, and granted, it was just a primary, but in New York City, the primary is, is generally the, the, the general election. But it was a very moderate, um, you know, pro former policeman, pro police guy. Um, who won the election. And, and not only that, the second place person was also, and they had this run, was, was also a more moderate person. And, and like the uh, AOC back, you know, basically socialist came in third. And, and like, she wasn't even one of the finalists there, even though she was really the only one running in that lane, at least in the top four. Um, so it's an interesting, and even he said, hey, listen, 
national Democrats, this is what you need to, that's what he just said. He said, this is what you need to follow. Like stop polarizing people. You can't do this defund the police stuff. And, and I mean, he's been good too. He's also spoken out against some of the, the bad things the police has done. So he's not fully like, Oh, police, no matter what he's like, but this whole idea that like people are not going to accept more crime and more things because you want to get rid of the police. It's not, it's not something that works. You need, you want to hold police accountable, but like we need more policemen out there, not less. And it's a, it's just a lesson that I think if New York City, which is kind of this liberal bastion, they were talking about being like, oh, is this going to be the first city, like the biggest city with a socialist type mayor? And she got crushed, yes. uh, Maya Wiley. So it's a, um, I think it's an indication that maybe the National Democratic Party is moving too far left. And these are the kind of people who are going to win. Now, look, you're going to go in, in, into these very liberal cities and yeah, you're going to win some of these. I think Buffalo just elected a, a social, or is going to elect a socialist mayor. Um but it's just not going to work on the national scale. And these people like AOC and the people on the very far left, they're not actually in step with the normal Democratic base. They're too far left. And yet the loudest and most annoying people on Twitter support them. But that's not where the Democrats are at. And I think that this is an indication. And in my opinion, the National Democrats would be smart to kind of follow Eric Adams kind of pro-police, you know, capitalist, but maybe like, like that kind of thing saying like, yeah, maybe we're not we're just not as far left as some of these people who, you know, who make the news all the time or on Twitter, because that's not what we are as a party. So uh, in a lot of ways, it's hardening to see that somebody who's, who's a lot more moderate is going to, in New York City, is not happy with the current direction. They want to move away from Mayor de Blasio, which uh, Maya Wiley, who was her, the third place, the very liberal one, was in part of his cabinet, too. I mean, it's just, it really is wild that people will gauge where they think the country's going off Twitter, whereas then this actually happens, like the actual working class people, people whose lives and livelihoods are put at risk by bad policy, don't support it at all. And and the pundits and the talkers on the left, or the slate, I, I just associate them all with like slate. I'm like the slate people yeah. are, are the ones that think that they know, have a thumb you know, have their thumb on the heartbeat of the nation and they just don't. And so this my favorite thing is I actually, wa I watched one of the mayoral debates there. My favorite part is they asked all nine Democratic candidates, would you consider hiring Bill de Blasio in your cabinet? And not one of them said yes. Not even, not even the one who was part of his administration said yes. So all nine said, well, no. <laughs> I have never met anyone with a more fiery hatred of Bill de Blasio than you, Mark. You, I, you I, I just, I mean, I feel like he is the worst among us. I, I really do. I mean, maybe he's not a bad person, but it's like, he just uses every, and, and the day that he, I mean, the day that he shut down everything in New York, he shut down gyms up. He went and worked out like two hours before he shut everything down. Like he is, uh, I'm sorry. Like, and it's not even just, it's not even just his politics. It's everything. Like there's, there's so much I don't like about the man. I'm sorry. I don't want to say I hate somebody, but he is among the worst. And apparently New York city all agrees with me. So it's not a, it's not a, even a liberal conservative thing. It's just, ugh. Mark awful. finally has a popular opinion and you know what? We love to see it. <laughs> yes. It's about time. <laughs> um, so we've been talking a lot about our favorite shows from the past. And I was so pleased this morning when I woke up early this morning and I didn't want to get out of bed. So I flipped on HBO and I saw that Gossip Girl revival premiered on HBO today. Mark, were you a Gossip Girl guy? No, I actually, the, the weird thing is it used to come on what, right after One Tree Hill. Right after and I'd watch One Tree Hill, but I'd stop. I tried to watch it. It just was pretty garbage. It was a garbage show. So I chose not okay. to. Well, I love Gossip Girl and the revival came out today. The Friends reunion has happened. The Sex and the City revival is coming. 
Um, now, is the I, Sex and the City revival going to be a, a movie or a TV show? It's a, it's like a show. I think it's just like like the Gilmore. Do you remember the Gilmore Girls revival that was like yeah. four four long episodes? I think it's okay. probably going to be something like that. And it's the same original four people. Kim Cattrall, the one that you don't like, is not on it. Good. Yeah. Mark does not like Samantha. I'm, I've I'm watched like two episodes. I just don't care for her one bit. Yeah, she's she's a lot. I'm a Charlotte girl, but yeah, everyone else is going to be back other than Kim. Cattrall. Wait, is Charlotte the one with the red hair? No, that's Miranda. Charlotte. Okay. She's Parker. the one who actually ran for governor of New York and just yes. got obliterated by by uh, Cuomo Nixon. in the primary. Yeah, she totally did. Um, I don't really, I don't really care for her, but Charlotte, Chris, and Davis is my favorite one, and so they're coming okay. back. Um, so Mark, I'll ask you, and I didn't ask you this before, so you might have to really think about it on the fly. If you could bring back, if you could see a revival, your favorite characters back on screen, who would it be and why? I think if I'm thinking about what I would watch now, not compared to what I would would have hoped for sure. like 20 years ago. Um, and they're actually coming out with a prequel, but The Sopranos was a show that, and mm-hmm. the thing is, I didn't actually get into that when it came out. I watched it like a year and a half ago for the first time. And it was oh, just okay. really, really an excellent show. I'm not into mob stuff. That's like something that doesn't appeal to me. And that's what I feel like is the sign of a good show. Like when you're not into something and you still like watching it. So it's like, I felt the same way about Sons of Anarchy. Like I'm not into motorcycle stuff at all. I think it's like, I'm not into it, but like, I still like the show. And I think that when it's something you're not interested in and you like the show, it really shows what a great, kind of what a great show it is. So they're coming like out with a surprise. Yeah, Breaking yeah, yeah. Breaking I didn't like the show that but much. I like the show. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. But yeah, that's the same idea. Yeah. But they're coming out with a prequel. But of course, Tony is, is the, the actor that plays Tony is dead. So it'd be hard to do. But his son is playing him in the prequel. Oh. And he just like him. Um, oh, wow. So It'll be good, but that's one show that I wish it was was just such a well done, good show that like, I love One Tree Hill. I love the OC. I'm not sure that I would like it now watching like where they're at, but I do think that's. Okay. But listen to my concept for a One Tree Hill revival. You know, originally in One Tree Hill, there was the parent drama and there was the teenager drama. And I'm actually listening to the podcast Drama Queens right now, which is the female actresses from One Tree Hill watching and unpacking every episode. Uh, So kind of like the office girl. So so who's who's on that? Is it Brooke? just Brooke Payton Haley. Okay. And it's so good. And they were talking about on the recent episode that now that they're adults and they have children about how they're loving the adult drama. They're loving the parent drama. They love to watch it. Whereas when they were 17, 18, 19 filming it, it didn't make sense to them. So my idea would be for a One Tree Hill revival and it would feature their children. So like they would be the parent drama and then their children- Well, Jamie's probably like 18 now. I know, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. It would be so interesting. So I would love to see a One Tree Hill revival, still have Dan, Karen, Deb as the grandparents, saucy grandma Deb, just being a little too out there but have the original cast as the parents i hope we can bring back skills because he got got, he got arrested for like uh i think he like credit card fraud or something do you know that he was 40 years old playing a high schooler do you know that he was 40 was he actually 40 yes mark the thing is he looked pretty good i mean he looked like he's a high schooler yes he did yeah like i mean skills like actually like other than mouth like look like the youngest i know no he was legit 40 Playing a I high feel like what's his name was old too. He didn't look like he was old, but um, uh, the the main character was a lot older. Lucas, in that show. Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, yeah, I think he was like twenty seven or twenty eight in that. 
And then James Lafferty, who played Nathan, was the youngest person on the on the cast. They were actually talking about Peyton was 21 and he was 17 in their first kissing scene. She was like, is this legal? Oh, wow. That's yes. weird. <laughs> yeah, so weird. But I am I hope for, I have, actually haven't watched The Sopranos. I really want to watch it. I watched Entourage. Entourage would be cool to see like how the Hollywood culture would be in like this day and age. Because they, they, like, the they probably couldn't do that show now. I mean, I, I always see so, the... I, I watched the director. They have a show, a, a podcast too about the show. And he even kind of said like, if we like, cause people have asked him, like, do you want to bring this back? He's like, yeah, I do. Like, but we wouldn't compromise. And that's probably not okay at this point. Right. Oh no. There are some things in entourage though. And, and like in the office, like there are things in the office. I'm like, this would never. Oh, fly. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that they're willing, I think they're willing to do that. Like they, they, the one tree hill guys, like, we're not going to do this. Like people called it misogynistic. It wasn't, that's the, it was not our intention. Like we're not going to, basically bow to like the woke mob so like we're either going to do it our way or do it not, not at all so like we're not going to do a, a toned down version of it i didn't plan to ask this but i am going, going to ask it because it came up in a conversation last night at dinner do you think that the hollywood people are going to start going anti-woke because i know the co the comedians did because they say yes. that jokes can't be funny if you're not making fun of people um i saw sean penn just went anti-woke so sean like penn. Yeah, I'm who's like a, you know, a Venice, you like him? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's the worst person. Oh, he's a terrible yeah. person, but I've loved oh, yeah. his role. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he like, he loved Hugo Chavez, like a Venezuela yeah, sympathizer. No, I've loved, I've loved but, but when he's like the most liberal socialist among us is coming out against like this cancel culture and woke stuff, like, and he even said like, because he played Harvey Milk in that movie, he's like, they would never let a straight guy play this now. And it's like, and that's so insane that, that that's the case where all we care about is, you know, what this person, like, it's just, it's gone to the point of insanity. So, I mean, Yes, I do think that. And I think Sean Penn, if like he's about the most out there and Sarah Silverman, like the most liberal out there people when they're, when they're saying it's an issue, I feel like you, I feel like it's gonna become more prevalent. I just don't know if people want to speak out against it. You kind of have to be a big star in order to do that. Yeah, I know. But I hope that they do. And I hope that they buck up against the woke culture because I mean, I, I watched The Office and I'm like, I know this wouldn't be okay now, but dang, it's really, really funny. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so funny to watch. Anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Mark, I know you have an interview to get on. Mark's going to go wow us on TV. So, uh, and, and, and talk about the uh, Tennessee on me. So, oh, yeah, definitely there. Google Beacon Center of Tennessee and Tennessee on me because we have a lot to say. And yeah, we actually mentioned the New York Post. They didn't mention us by they didn't mention us by name. They said and a conservative think tank came out against it, which was us. But they didn't say Beacon. So, like, we got in the New York Post, but just by, not by name. Well, when you're hey, all of you people out there that are reading the New York Post, yep. we need you see that just know you know it's us know it's us <laughs> have a good weekend y'all see you next time